Hi there, welcome to the Edup Marcom podcast. You're very welcome. My name is Philip Smith. I'm the host of the show. Every week here, I interview CEOs, founders, CMOs, and consultants from many of the largest and most successful colleges, universities, and education institutions in the world, where we talk about marketing, communications, and sales, and more. Finding out how to grow your student numbers successfully. I hope you enjoy. Hi, Kristen. Thanks for coming on as a guest on the Edip Markham podcast. Really excited to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Uh, Kristen, just so the listeners know who's on today, could you please just state your name, your role and the college that you work at? Sure. My name is Kristen Laudenslager. I am the Director of Marketing and Communications at Cedarcrest College in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Fantastic. And could you just give me a brief overview of your career in education? Sure. I originally started off as an undergrad wanting to be a teacher in high school and then fell in love with marketing and PR while taking courses, changed Mm. my path, wound up working for a children's private charity dedicated to serving the behavioral and mental health needs of children. I worked there for about 12 years and then found myself into higher education. When it was time to look around, I, I wound up working for a for a Catholic private college in our area, university. Fantastic. And I was there, yeah, I was there for about, I was there for about 13 years. And now I, in the last two years, have taken on this role at Cedarcrest College as the director of marketing and communications there. And Cedarcrest is a women's college. It's a women's mm-hmm. undergraduate college, but it does have co-ed programs for adult learners and graduate programs. Fantastic. Fantastic. And I was just looking at the college there. It looks like such an impressive uh, college. And no, no doubt, uh, thanks to your marketing as well, the, the website and then the marketing you're doing looks fantastic. And I suppose Thank to delve more into The website is very new. <laughs> yes, it did. But, you know, <laughs> always, always, we always need a new website. Um, but I suppose you tell me a bit more about the role then, a bit about the work you're doing, and a, a bit more about the college as well. Sure. Uh, the college The college was founded in 1867, and it was the first college in our area. Wow. Our first women's college in our area. It was founded, uh, we love the story, it was nine women in a basement and their fathers felt that they deserved an education too. So that's how the, that's our origin story. And ever since yeah. the school has been empowering those who have historically been denied an education to receive one. Uh, one of the things that the school is most proud of is the social mobility rankings. We we really work hard to ensure that people are empowered through education, that it's not just you know, more elite serving elite. Mm-hmm. We really want that education, that private education to be affordable and accessible to everyone. That's so important. And from such humble beginnings to what the college is now is is such a an incredible journey. Yeah. And it's a beautiful campus too. Fun fact, it's a nationally registered arboretum. Well, I didn't know that. That's really <laughs> interesting. And I suppose whenever I have any director of marketing on, there's always it's almost impossible to, to tell me about everything that they're doing and they're wearing so many hats, but I suppose just on a, on a high level, what's some of the, 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 the ways you're spending your, your weeks managing the marketing for the college? Sure. Um, when I came on, you know, I came on 2002. Uh, I, I, interestingly, I came on three days before the fiscal year started. So mm. I really inherited someone else's budget and plan. <laughs> right. That happens. <laughs> so yeah. The first year, yeah. The first year was really kind of just, trying to sort out what really needed to happen and what needed to be done. Um, We had had some dips in enrollment. And Mm -hmm. so, and there was a challenge 
Um, you know, I think the school faced what what I've seen a couple schools face through 2020. They tried to do a rebrand and signed on with a great firm, but unfortunately, because everything was so virtual. I think the brand really kind of missed the mark on the feel of the school, just that they couldn't get in a virtual setting. Yeah. yeah. So when I came on board, there had they had just started to quasi roll out this new look and style and voice, and people that were at the school felt that it really didn't fit. So I really tried to. So essentially it's a rebrand, but I very intentionally have been calling it a brand glow up because I people, love that. <laughs> yeah, people felt really, you know, people have been through rebrands before and they've missed the mark. So I wanted to st stay away from that language and all the feelings that they brought up. And, and really my goal wasn't to rebrand. And, and I believe this about any branding, mm. but to really find expression of what already existed that brand story was already very much in place i mean cedar crest always has known who they are and what they do and who they serve and th their space in the higher education um sphere and mm. it was really to, to find a visual expression to make all of that shine so that's what we did we we did some focus groups and i Again, this is another one of my beliefs. You know, we're a very small school and we're in, we have students from all over the world and we have 13,000 grads spanning the globe. Wow, fantastic. But we're still very regional. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we noticed is that um, we, 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 in the Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania, um, I've been here my whole life. So I got to see this growth firsthand. And mm -hmm. one of the things that we discovered is that people in the Valley who moved in after this growth really didn't know Cedar Crest or understand us. Right. So kind of replanting a flag in the backyard. There are, we're one of six private colleges and universities in the Lehigh Valley. And then there are state school representation and, and some, you know, community colleges. So we're a very higher ed rich area mm -hmm. and we've kind of lost our, our knowledge there. So really working with a smaller local firm who understands our area was really important, I think, to the success of the rebrand and to the to the way that it's been received, because it's just, um, I think we, we partnered with the right size instead of a really large yes. partnership, you know, a really large firm. We partnered with somebody who is literally next door to us and understands our needs. Yeah, and I've heard this before where, you know, it's not just about the, the size of the company or how many employees they have. Often it's just about the relationships with the individuals you have at that company, small or big, that understand your college, your needs, and can help you achieve that. So that's that's really interesting. And and with rebrands, they're they're so difficult to get right and trying to capture that 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 magic or that that kind of emotional um point of the college is is, is very difficult. So um yeah, my my heart goes out to you having to do that so soon after uh, taking on the role. Um, thank you. Well, big shout out to Three Seed. They were the they're the firm that we worked with. Thank you, Three Seed. We'll uh, give them a good, good shout out there. <laughs> and I suppose look back on the marketing for the college. Then, what makes the college different, or and perhaps you know what what's that unique um, messaging in your marketing and your sales when you're trying to bring more students to the college? 
Yeah, it's really twofold. I mean, one, we really wanted to rehone back in on our the fact that we are a women's college. We're we're primarily for women. Our mission is primarily for women. Um, one of the things that's difficult as um, as the in my role is to describe what we are in that pithy way because we mm -hmm. do have it's a women's undergraduate college, but the co-ed for adult and graduate. But also there are some, you know, the adults can take some day courses and we have nursing and nuclear medicine programs, which also are, are co-educational. Mm. So how do you say that very quickly? Like, <laughs> so <laughs> of one of the things that we, when we boiled it down, our, our big, we really don't believe in taglines per se, but we're small, dynamic, and inclusive is our, mm. is our real core of the messaging that we've been putting out. Um, and then that gets expressed as to, we see you because really, you know, our, our whole mission is to, to really view our students as a whole person and, I love that. and their needs. So that's, that's, that's the way that we're doing it now, but of course. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, that is actually really nice that it's, it's simple, but I've, so I've, I've said this before with, especially with bigger universities and colleges, they often see, um, they stop seeing people in the in, in that sales process and they just see leads. They just see an email or a phone number, but but forgetting that that's an individual, that's a, that's a per, a real person looking to learn about the college, looking to enroll, and you know, and then there's a lack of personalization of trying to understand that person. Why why do they want to come to the college? You know, so I think yeah. that, that that is really important actually, and, and it's something we need to uh to to remember. And I suppose look at some of the the key challenges you face then in in developing the marketing for the college. I know you spoke about the branding challenge, of course. Mm -hmm. What's some of the other challenges perhaps that you face in trying to build the, the the student numbers or create effective marketing for the college? Sure. I, you know, I mean, one is of course we are in, in an area that is just absolutely saturated and with the, mm. with cliff coming, I know, you know, enrollment numbers. Of course. Been, yeah. Right. So that there's always that. Um, and, you know, as much as being small is a strength, of course, it can also be a little bit of a hindrance um, just as in the matter of resources. I mean, I, I think even people at the most well-staffed with the fullest purses still feel like they need more resources. Yeah. And yeah. we certainly, you know, there's, we're a small, we're a small team of five. Um, we had some turnover. So in my first year, some of the challenges were um, really just onboarding new folks that there were, you know, as, as new people came on board, it's not just doing the work, but also learning, learning the ins and outs of the school, which while oh, I'm trying to do yeah. it myself, you know, so that was a little bit tricky. Um, interestingly enough, on my staff of five, I'm now the second senior person on my staff. So, <laughs> and I've only been there for a few years. So, um, and they all went to great things. There was nothing, there was no, there was no awful, it, it wasn't any kind of tumultuous turnover. Some of the of people turned before Just I even ready arrived. For a new journey, perhaps. And yeah. Right, right. Um, so yeah, I mean that that's definitely been a challenge, and just trying to sort out, um, you know, because the school's been small, mm -hmm. the the technology um, we've really we've we've really been working on bringing the technology up to speed yeah. in a way that can allow more hands to pitch in. Um, the technology had been very much there were you know key people at the school, and 
they kind of had to handle all of the technology on their own. So we've been really working to implement techno technology that people can can pitch in and help out. Yeah, and that, that's so important for any any college. And it was some really interesting points raised there. Like one, I know it's so challenging with the budgets, but I, I hear this even from the biggest, you know, universities that they don't have a budget. We're waiting for the, the right. next fiscal year or whatever it is that the budget can't stretch. So it's the, there never seems to be enough budget anyway. Um, right. But the other point you raised there is the turnover of staff in, in, in higher ed, which is, you know, it's a, it's a real challenge to a lot of universities that the staff are changing all the time. And yeah. some people will stay there for five, 10 years, but often because of so many staff, even when you do have people sitting a long time, you're still rotating staff out every, every couple, every month, a couple of months. And that's right. another, another challenge. So, uh, yeah, you had, you had, um, a, a bumpy landing as we'll say initially to try to get everything <laughs> working, the rebrand and, and the, and the new hires and the staff and just trying to manage everything. But, uh, but that is what higher ed is like, you know, it is, it is that so challenging with everything. And yeah, it's it's been a real challenge, but it's been really rewarding to see the work come mm -hmm. to fruition and to see people responding to it and to hear from the admissions counselors that people like the message, you know, that prospective students are responding well. So so that's been a real chat. That's been that's been really rewarding. Yeah, but that but that's what it's all about, is just trying to give to the students, give them the great experience and get the students into the college, and then reward the college for trying to offer these courses and trying to do something special. So yeah, it, it is rewarding at the end of it. And I suppose to look a bit broader out then the higher ed sector, do you think there's changes coming in the higher education sector or perhaps perhaps for the college as well? I know you mentioned about the technology changes, which is of course um I suppose yeah. one, one thing we all need to be conscious of at this time. Yeah, for sure. I mean certainly the the private you know, private institutions, there seems to be a real, um, there's a real through line in messaging that, that college doesn't hold value and that, that colleges are, are overpriced. And maybe, you know, maybe in some cases that's true, but overwhelmingly people with educations tend to do better. And for sure, you know, it's, it's interesting that some, some of the very people who seem to be leading this attack are doing it with the comfort of already having a degree in there. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> before, yeah. <laughs> I always find that a little interesting. Um, but certainly, you know, I think students' needs are 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 different, you know, and I, I keep thinking a lot about the student experience, the students that are in the class now. If, if we're talking undergrads, well, all, everyone actually, but undergrads in particular, you know, their their high school, their college experience were all disrupted by COVID. So the, that was such a huge, I'm sure I've heard other people say this on your podcast, you know, that was such a huge <laughs> disruptor. Yeah. And just in the way, you know, some of the trends that we're seeing are people wanting to stay a little bit closer to home and have that venture out. But people just, I think, really started to appreciate being home. And so what does that mean for higher education? Mm -hmm. And, you know, technology, everybody's really about being online and being flexible. And I firmly believe that, you know, I when I went back to school, I, I did sort of hybrid. I took some courses online and some in class. Mm -hmm. But I think people maybe are, you know, the how, how do we hit that, finally hit that sweet spot of flexibility of online without, um, sacrificing that true interaction that you get from yeah, talking with your peers. Yeah, I think that's a really, really great point. 
just you saying that now reminding me that I did a postgrad maybe um, a couple of years ago myself and it was during COVID and it was completely online even though I was you know maybe an hour's drive from the college so I never not once did I actually go to the the university and um, to the campus or the the rooms or anything which would have been really nice to do that but uh, instead it was an entirely online experience which it, it was good for the flexibility and of course because of COVID but you do lose that experience of meeting people face to face you know, yeah, and it almost makes it seem like it's something you saw in a movie rather than something you experienced. <laughs> it is. It does feel a bit like that. It absolutely does. Um, like there is like there's a move to online, which is great in so many ways. But the from the value of life is that we're here, you know, sitting beside each other, talking to each other face to face. That 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 is, I think, where the best experiences happen. You know, and, and that's where yeah. all the real, the most real experiences happen in in, in life. Um, and yeah, I, I agree. to look back then on the marketing piece as well, do you perhaps think that the marketing or the communications side of things in the higher ed might be different in, in the future as well? I know we've, we've touched on this a bit already. Yeah, sure. I mean, obviously, AI is a huge game changer. And what, what can that do for us? Um, I was listening to a, a show the other day about someone who trained an AI chatbot. Basically, I think it was ChatGPT to to respond to leads yeah. in his voice, you know, while he was sleeping. God. So <laughs> <laughs> something, something's wrong with that. <laughs> a little bit, but it was, it was interesting to think about, yeah. you know, the, the expectation of that personalization and response, I think is only going to become more, um, more prevalent in, in the yeah. industry and how that, you know, using the, out how schools with smaller resources, how do they access that kind of technology that some of these big schools are going to be able to get so sophisticated in? Absolutely. And I think I think the AI can help us in so many ways, but I suppose my fear would be similar to that. It's just that I think it can it can help us to maybe talk to prospective students at scale. But I do think it's we all want that conversation with another human being at the end of the day so I, I suspect we're going to move towards AI in, in some ways it'll help but I think we'll have to keep that um human touch I think I think that's what will happen but it's hard to know we'll have to we'll have to wait and see and yeah. just to wrap things up then Kristen is any advice or key advice you would give for successful growth for a college university from your experience I think, yeah, absolutely. Cross collaboration is key and and building mm. building allies and a network of support across the institution. I think that's so important. I'm really blessed right now to work with so many other leaders and the the silos, you know, education can be so siloed. Absolutely. And right now the the team that the, the leadership team is so is so collaborative and really working together to try to solve problems. And that's just, I, I've just seen that be such a difference maker in my role now. And I, I think that's, you know, that and remain flexible. And uh, my personal advice is always, you know, try to just embrace joy and and remember that, you know, just try to have fun with it. It's my, my personal mission is to keep the fun in functional communications and make <laughs> sure that aren't boring so i yeah. say just stay stay creative don't be afraid to be creative because i think i think people respond to authentic authentic creativity and authentic outreach and i, I think that's that's the most important 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Chris. I think that's a really great point uh, to end on. Kristen, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It was a real pleasure having you on. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much. This was great. appreciate it. Thanks, Kristen. Hi, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Ed Up Markham podcast. If you'd like to be a guest, you can do so by applying on edupmarkham.com, where you can also find a catalogue of all of our episodes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed. it.